Hey everyone, thanks for joining this episode of Pulling the Strings podcast powered by Puppet. And I'm delighted to be your host. My name is Demetrius Malbro, and I'm on the product marketing team here at Puppet. I'm really excited today to talk with Abby Kearns and Deepak. Deepak, I will not attempt to butcher your last name. That's all right. So, Abby, why don't you introduce yourself first and then Deepak with you? Well, thanks for having me. Longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, I'm Abby Kearns, and as you said, I'm the CTO here at Puppet. I uh, joined a year ago. Um, what a crazy time to join a, a new company. And um, my current responsibilities include oversight of our core product design and engineering teams. All right, Deepak. Hi, everybody. I'm, uh, I'm Deepak. I've been here for about 10 years, so I've, uh, I've seen it all, probably. Uh, the good and the bad, and uh, so far, mostly good. Uh, but yeah, you know, my background's in software development. Uh, you know, I've done, um, did a couple of startups before joining Puppet and was a, a big member of the Puppet open source community before formally joining the company and, you know, kind of taking more of the reins around shaping what it is that we make. Um, but yeah, you know, ones and zeros all day long. All right, ones and zeros. We'll, we will take both of those ones and zeros and see if we can spin this into something really, really interesting. Um, let's, let's go ahead and start. Abby, it's, uh, how long has it been since, since you've been on board now? And um, also, I guess, you know, you came on board and what are you focusing on these days? Well, I joined a year ago, so I am right around a year. And wow, it's been a long year. Um, new company, global pandemic, you know, just the, the huge last 12 months. Um, but it's actually been a super exciting 12 months here. And one of the things that I, I really love the most is the people here at Puppet and an opportunity to really get to work with some fantastic people um, all through the company. Um, I'm a little biased towards my team, obviously, but, you know, it's been super awesome to partner with Deepak as we figure out what is the work we need to do today and where do we need to go for tomorrow? And, you know, we've had a lot of changes over the last year here in the product design and engineering team, or what we now call is the core R&D. And we've got new people that have joined us. Carol Wilder joined us as a VP of product in September. And we've had some other people join uh, my leadership team. Enthusetti and Diego Lapidas have joined us in the last 60 days. And we made a lot of changes to the way we work and, and the way we, we've really thought about our practice and how we want to develop and deliver software. And so it's been a really exciting 12 months, and I'm really looking forward to this year. Yeah, I, th I think you came on board right around the same time I came on. And actually, today is my one year anniversary at Puppet. So it's, it's, been, it's been Congratulations. a while. Thank you. Thank you. It, it's been a while, but I have, um, I don't even scratch the surface to the tenure that Deepak has. And you've had a really long career at Puppet. And um, I think you, you have a great relationship with, with the founders of the company. And yeah. you, you probably could tell us some stories about, you know, the early days of Puppet, but I'm, I'm not sure if I really want to know all of the, the details around that. <laughs> but probably could, not. Yeah. Could you could you tell us a little of that story and and how you ended up here at Puppet? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I think if you rewind to about a decade ago or maybe 10 to 12 years ago, I'd say like that was an era where I won't say it was like the the pre DevOps like part of the IT timeline, but you know, it was definitely in its uh, infancy, I think at that point in time, like the a whole DevOps, like DevOps days and, and that is a construct around events and things like that, kind of getting a community together. That was pretty new. Uh, and I think, you know, Puppet came around in this era where I think a lot of us in operations were really struggling with, you know, trying to figure out how to automate stuff. There weren't a ton of really great tools. There were a lot of kind of leading tools, but from sort of previous generation thinking, mm-hmm. they weren't necessarily like sort of as, as hackable and as extensible as, and as easy to use as a lot of us wanted. So I, I think early on, a lot of us in that community started to gravitate towards tools and the communities around them as a way of interacting with our peers that we felt were kind of in the same boat because we weren't necessarily getting that for just the regular workplace that we were in. Um, and a lot of the community spaces we take for granted right now didn't exist. Like the open source ecosystem really um, was the gathering point, I think, for a lot of us. And I think it was in that world where Puppet was originally conceived. Uh, and I think it was such a radical and interesting to me departure from previous ways of approaching the problem space that, you know, I pretty early on got involved in the community. That's where I met uh, Luke, who was the founder of Puppet. Um you know, and and being part of that community, you you did everything. You know, you helped newbies on uh, IRC, um, fixed bugs when you could. I was an yeah. early commercial adopter of Puppet, uh, and then eventually came and joined the company uh, when it made sense for me to do so. So that was yeah, around yeah, it was about ten years ago. And uh, you know, when we started, it was pretty. We were pretty small, and it was early. It was a familiar story, I imagine, to a lot of companies that do open source software, where. You know, we were trying to figure out the right commercial product, figuring out how to take a community thing and make it more sustainable, not just for the community itself, but sustain a company around it. And how do we make that grow, you know, and, and it yeah. uh, thrive over the next however many years. And I'm, I'm pretty proud that uh, of how it's unfolded, I would say. Um, and yeah, you know, there's there's a lot to talk about, I think, in between <laughs> then and now and, you know, my role. But initially... It's fun to think about how I joined is, you know, I was just like a senior level engineer and worked on fixing a lot of JavaScript bugs in some of our dashboards. And, um, you know, now uh, I, I spend my time thinking about sort of bigger picture strategic uh, problems. And it's kind of fun to look at that continuum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's so it, it really reminds me that the technology landscape, it changes like really fast and you know, things used to progress like every, what, six six months plus, but now it's like every six days that, you know, there's something new, either there's a new company, there's a new technology, there's, you know, it's, it's just shifting a lot. So I, I want to uh, also see if we can gain kind of a, a, a tiny peek into your world, Abby, and also Deepak, your world as, as well. So if I was a fly on the wall, right? And, and I know you're looking at me, you know, a little strange right now because uh, I, I look a little weird, but I'm not a fly on a wall. But what would the conversation look like between you and Deepak, like just behind the scenes? You know, what are some of the things that, that you two would work together on or coordinate, et cetera? We just yell at each other all the time. <laughs> you beat me to it. it. I was totally going to say that. <laughs> yeah. 
It's just we're just constantly yelling. No, it's and, and that's you doing a yelling Deepak, right? No, no, surprising. No. It, it's it's fifty fifty. We like to split it. It's an OKR. Abby seems cool, calm, and collected. So <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, appearances can be deceiving. My... Appearances yeah. can be so mm-hmm. deceiving. <laughs> no, I I think um, you know. I mean, obviously, you, you know, feel free to chime in, Abby. I mean, I think uh, I I think a lot of the times we're in the same room to talk about, um, you know, it, it's usually something that's of, of kind of high level or strategic importance, I would say. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's not that we, we never get together to talk about just what's been going on during the week or any sort of tactical problem solving. Like, you know, certainly that has its place, but, but I think a lot of the, a lot of the venues we sort of find ourselves in are really, um, especially for my part, you know, I'm oftentimes trying to, you know, I put stuff in front of Abby, like, Hey, here's what I'm thinking about. You know, this seems like kind of a big deal. What do you think about it? You know, should we go this way? Should we zig or should we zag? Or this is kind of a big deal, whichever way we decide on it. You know, what do you think? It, you know, and I think at, at a certain point, um, uh, decisions become, uh, high impact enough that, you know, it would be nuts to not, uh, seek, um, opinions and feedback on it right so yeah um I, I think that's a big part of uh you know certainly a lot of the topics that i end up bringing up and, w- and what about you abby well i think you know to deepak's point there is you know when you're really starting to be thoughtful about both the transformation work you need to do internally as well as you know horizon zero one and two for us as a company that's not something anyone can do in a in isolation and so yeah. you know for me um, Deepak and I have a lot of similarities, but we're also very different. And I, and I really embrace that difference because I think it helps us produce better strategies, better decision-making, and, and frankly, get to better conclusions than I think we would independently. And, and I think there's such a strength in that because we don't talk enough about the importance of diversity in decision-making and the importance of diversity of, of of the team and the perspectives. And I think we talk a little bit about that, or at least I know the three of us do quite often, but at the end of the day, it, it actually is what I think fundamentally produces the best outcomes. And I think it's fantastic to have a partner like Deepak because at the end of the day, our, our outcomes, our decisions and our conclusions are so much richer because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I was just going to jump in and say, I, I think we have a killer rock star team here with uh, Yvonne you know, le- leading the herd, you know, and, and everyone rallying around her uh, in order to, number one, you know, on the front of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and, and I can say that I've been a part of that, and we are just really adamant about making sure that we get that right and that we are placing focus and, and, and effort and dollars, you know, putting the money where, where our mouths are and, de- and investing uh, in that particular uh, area. So it's really important. And I, I like to see um, the diversity between you two as well and how you're working together. Um, Deepak, I, I want to ask you a specific question. And then, Abby, uh, you can also ask uh, answer the question as well. But what, what does a day in the life, and I'm going to call you a thought leader. Is, is that okay? <laughs> I mean, you could, you could call me that. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't stop you. Um, so yeah. What, yeah. What does that look like? What What does a day in the life of a thought leader look like? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I suppose, um, 
I'm sure there are people out there that wake up saying like, you know what? I'm going to do some thought leading today. Uh, and they go, wait a minute, hold it. up. Deepak, you don't do that. No, I, I, <laughs> I do not do that. I don't know what it's like to be someone that does that. I guess you, you wake up, I assume you check your Twitter feed and your follower account and, <laughs> Uh, you try to come up with the right mix of buzzwords to weigh in on that day, you know, strike while the iron's hot. And then, you know, you get the eyeballs. Uh, <laughs> and, it, you know, I, I think I've I've always been more one to I'm very constrained in in uh, what kind of leadership, what, what sort of thought leadership I want to uh, uh, cultivate. And to me, I think it's I, I care way more about. Uh, the teams I interact with on a daily basis, like, am I leading them effectively? And is there stuff in my brain that I want to make sure that they all understand? So, you know, I, I think overall, I mean, my day, especially given now that I'm, I'm more attached to like a new product incubation uh, in Relay, a lot of what I do during the day is kind of like, you know, I try to think about what the most important thing is that I want to get done or that I want to communicate or that I want to uh, check up on. Um, and, you know, I, I try to make sure I get that done. <laughs> so, um, you know, for me, that could be anything from like, like, for example, today we have um, like a prioritization discussion around what we're going to be doing for for Relay over the next like quarter. So, you know, okay. I, I've spent yeah. a lot of my time trying to think through, you know, what's my opinion? What's my point of view on that? And then more importantly, what kind of challenges do I want to make sure I, I get the teams that, that the team can articulate to me? Right. And, and I think at least for me, it's helpful to think about what I what I want to hear other people say, <laughs> not because I want to put words in their mouth, because I think it's more if they don't say it maybe that's indicative of I'm not getting the complete picture, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sort of obsessed with trying to get the complete picture to the extent that I can so that I think I can make better decisions. But um, but yeah, a lot of my day is really sort of the care and feeding of uh, the teams that I run and then, you know, equal parts mm -hmm. that and then thinking about the more big picture, like, um, you know, I'm sort of a tech junkie. So there's a lot of like, what's new, what are people into, uh, what's something that's novel or interesting that maybe we could be using or that I should, I should have a point of view on. Uh, what can I be contrarian about uh, in a way that makes sense <laughs> and that's authentic? And then, um, you know, what do I need to learn? And there's usually something every day. So, you know, maybe that's unglamorous, I suppose, but, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, but that's my day. You, you, have to, you have to be leaving something out. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. There's also, I mean, I, I, you have to make sure that you're swapping the right number of dank memes on Slack with uh, with the right people right, right. in order to cultivate, you know, your personality. Yeah. And and so, Abby, you, you're you also a thought leader as well. And what what does your day look like? I'm, I'm less thought leadery during my day than I think Deepak is, but... <laughs> I would say, you know, my days change depending on what's going on. Um, you know, I spend a lot of my time with my team, either directly or indirectly, thinking about how do we get better or more efficient. Uh, we're undergoing a lot of change in the team. And so really identifying ways that we can really help improve the team um, from an efficiency standpoint, but also impact and how do we really reach everyone across R&D and make sure that they are, you know, both really in, in tune with what the strategy is and the direction we need to go, but also their role in that and really helping people understand their impact to both the team, but also Puppet at large. 
uh, lately I've been spending a lot of time with Deepak on strategy and, and really figuring yep. out what's Horizon 2, Horizon 3 look like for us. And are we making the mm-hmm. right investments now that help us realize those visions? And, you know, I also advise a lot of startups and I sit on the board of, of another uh, late stage startup. And so mm-hmm. those are That's also right. good forcing functions for me to say, what else is going on? Not just in our space, but in some of the adjacency space within cloud native or serverless or what's happening in the broader open source and cloud native uh, space. And just to kind of give me a good flavor of what the other efforts that are going on, what's some of the innovation and what's our place in that over time. And, you know, it's just a lot about, to Deepak's point, kind of like looking at the, the greater horizon and just figuring out where our place is in that. Yeah. So you, you have a lot of cloud experience and, you know, um, also, you know, when you came on board, you know, what, what's your story, I guess, what attracted you to Puppet? Like why Puppet at this particular moment in time? It's been a year, but what, what was that attraction? Oh, I, I think first I'll start with, does any of us have really history with cloud? I mean, it's real. It's a, it's a, <laughs> You know, it's like putting I have 20 years of Docker on my resume, yeah, right? Yeah, you're yeah. Like, that's do you how you really? become a thought leader. <laughs> do you I've really? You, you need 30 years of cloud experience if you really want to be a cloud thought leader. I exactly. Um, but tabling that aside, although I did see a, speaking of Twitter memes, I did see an interesting one last week about uh, a description of the, a visual description of the pre-sales with uh, Architect with 10 years in cloud. They look very tired and very old because <laughs> so I was yeah. like, wow, 10 years in cloud is like, I don't know, 30 years anywhere else. Right, Deepak? Yeah, pretty, it's a time warp <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. You know, I've been in the cloud space uh, since its beginning. Um, I worked on it even at Verizon. So 2007, 2008, I focused on cloud and kind of the infrastructure layer of cloud. I, I joined Pivotal and, and got to sp- start spending time around platform and Pivotal Cloud Foundry. And then I was, I ran, I was CEO of Cloud Foundry Foundation for a little over four years prior to joining here. And so I've spent the last seven years really focused on cloud native architecture and platforms. And, and I say all that because when I joined Puppet, I got really excited the more I got time I got to spend with the team here. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting opportunity that's in the space we're in. Not just automation, but automation as you think more broadly around what is the enterprise journey with infrastructure. You know, I've been in tech 21 years yeah. and all of it is enterprise infrastructure. And so for me, I'm always focused on that. That's problem space. And there's a tremendous amount of opportunity in hybrid estate and the automation around that. You know, I, I really got interested in Puppet because I found like Puppet was one of the one companies that could actually tackle that space, not only authentically, but actually solve some of the hard problems. Because automation at scale, particularly with distributed systems in an enterprise, is not an easy problem. There's a reason not many people have actually tackled this. It's very hard to do. And so for me, Puppet was the clear leader from a technology standpoint. Now, how do you take that and really build that over time? And I just felt Puppet was the best position to really go after this space. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. I I really love that explanation. And I I have a toss-up question, and this is for either one of you, or or both of you can answer it. But what what I want to know is, I guess, what's your vision for the future of Puppet and DevOps as a whole and, and the industry? You don't have to answer it in that order. But it's more of a crystal ball view 
You know, what what are you seeing and what do you expect, you know, is going to happen? That's a big one. What I see does not match up, I suppose, with my vision, which might be a little more utopian. But like, uh, you know, ultimately, I think my vision is that um, a couple of things. I think on a human level, you know, you have folks inside of IT that uh, that I hope over time have like lower stress they're not getting paged in the middle of the night you know things are more self-regulating and they can sort of have their brains freed up to think about kind of more meaningful stuff i think uh more signal you know like less noise um but i think that there's a lot of stuff in the way of of here and there you know maybe we might never get there but i think as an industry i feel that Personally, I feel that we uh, we overstate the sophistication and how technologically advanced like most companies are and most folks that are in IT. Like we, I think we overestimate the level of sophistication that they're looking for. <laughs> you know, like I think yeah. we assume a lot. We assume that, yeah, what you want to do is spend all of your time like gluing together all these really complicated, hyper advanced pieces of technology we assume that what you want to do is be like Google. Uh, when in actuality, like there's like five companies that could probably stand to be like Google. And for every one really high paid SRE that talks a lot on Twitter, there's probably a hundred, uh, probably even more highly paid folks that don't build things during the day that get paid to tell other people how they should build things. And for every one of them, I think there's a thousand uh that just don't pay attention to any of that at all like they just have a job and they're just trying to get their stuff done it's a means to an end and i think where the industry overstates that is our opportunity um because i think puppet you know we've always could we lean into doing something that was more i suppose like more hardcore for like hardcore users like i think we could like it's but in a in a weird way i almost think it that's easier like it's easier to build something super powerful that you're only intending to make it work for like really advanced exceptional users. I think it's harder to figure out how to make it, how to uplift kind of everybody, you know, a, a broader piece of that pie. Um, and and that I think is the big gap, like industrially. So you know, as much as it's it's funny because you'll read stuff like is is DevOps passe, and I'm like I don't know. I mean, go ask the average like real estate company with like, you know, a server room somewhere or um, go ask the average like retail place, Um, you know, go outside of like the Fortune 50. And then I don't know, like you all tell me how passe that is, or is that still aspirational? So I I think, I think, you know, we're in an interesting place and the industry's funny where everyone I think tends to think they need a lot more than they actually do. And yet at the same time, it's still hard to get to from where they are to even the modest set of things that they do need. Uh, and I think that's a balancing act that that I think we, we can play and I think we can authentically sort of speak to because I think we see both sides of that. And hmm, okay. know, that's that's the industry to me. And Abby, is your vision similar or is it different or is it you see something grander? Grander. <laughs> Is there grander than DevOps? I just don't know. Um, no, I think um, I, I completely agree with what Deepak said. And I think he's got a really fantastic way of putting what the utopian scenario looks like. Uh, I tend to be a little more, call it jaded or practical. You know, you choose your 
your adjective. <laughs> but I think that at the end of the day, and at Deepak, I think you talked on this a little bit, is I think people are just trying to figure out how to make their jobs easier. Yeah. And that's really what I think the value of DevOps does is how do you make it easier? Like when I started my career, I started on the infrastructure side, which meant I got to spend time in data centers with servers, you know, those things we don't talk about anymore, yeah. <laughs> but are very much still here. Yep. And yeah, it was cold in there. I have a side side note. I do feel like anyone that gets a job in tech should have to spend 30 days in a data center and fully it understand is. and appreciate <laughs> Once you've slammed your finger underneath a server two or three times and you've been cold and yep. just sad, you know, I feel like you would like, you would appreciate the magic of VMs in the cloud. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> I have it. It's done. 30 seconds. And I didn't have to go somewhere. It's, so it's still magic to me, much like Wi-Fi at an airplane. It's just one of those things that's magical. But, you know, <laughs> as I think about what our, you know, what our opportunity exists as Puppet, but also at DevOps at large, is just how do we make someone's life easier? You know, back then when I started my career, you really gauged your sysadmin's ability to, you know, that one person to a number of servers, which was, you know, one to eight, one to 10. Mm. Past that, it was just really hard for one person to manage because it really involved someone yeah. actually physically walking out and rebooting machines and checking things. And it was a whole process. The crash cart. Crash carts, <laughs> yes. Um, and... Over time, as we've really moved to automation and started automating more, you're able to really expand those numbers. And you add in containers and you add in cloud and you add in all of these capabilities, the SRE mindset. And now all of a sudden that's one to what, I don't know, Deepak, what do you think? A thousand at this point in terms of containers, yeah. 2000 yep. containers. For sure. You know, we've really gone exponentially up. And the, and the goal of that is how do we make someone's life easier and really how do we take some of the monotony out of their day? Now, the end game of this that I think our mm. opportunity is, is how do we solve the one problem that every organization, regardless of the size, is trying to solve right now because we're all software companies, which is how do I create more software and get it into production faster? Full stop. That's everything we all do collectively is in service of that outcome. Right, right. Uh, and so that's where I think is I think about the vision in the future, it's how do we achieve that mean time in a much faster rate? And I think, again, that's why I came to Puppet is I think Puppet is one of the few companies that have really thought about this in a meaningful way and, and have an opportunity to solve this at scale. Okay, great. And, and you, you both mentioned that there, there's some yelling or is that is that disagreement? <laughs> that, spirited that debate. Spirited debate. And, you know, what What are some of the things that, that you disagree on then? Deepak, I, I, you, huh. know, you answer that question. No, that's that's an interesting one. Um, I don't, I, I actually, it's, it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but I mean, I don't know <laughs> that we, I don't know that Abby and I have like vastly different, like hugely like opposed points of view on like most of the stuff I think we end up like needing to talk through at work. Like, uh which is interesting to me because I've definitely worked with other folks, you know, on the different executive uh, leaders over the past 10 years where it was not the case. You know, there was, there was way more kind of strident disagreement. Um, no, I mean, I think a lot of it might just come down to, you know, maybe like what tactics make sense, you know, or sometimes we might have disagreements around like, look, um, five years out, you know, like there's a couple of different like focus areas that, that are on the menu. 
you know, which ones make the most sense. But the reason why I don't stress out about disagreements, I think, on of, of that form is, you know, I mean, it's those problems are big enough that the error bars are wide enough that like people can have differing points of view within reason and still end up inside, you know, the envelope of like, this kind of makes sense. It's probably not the thing that I would choose, but like, I totally get where you're coming from. And, yeah. you know, I disagreement, like I can tolerate. It's sort of like, uh, you, you know, it's, it's like a lack of logic or a lack of respect or something like that, that I don't, but like, that's not really been a problem. So you know, I think a lot of it is just like the, you know, where do we want to go? Um, are we on the same page about it? And then what are the right tactics to use to get there? And, you know, sometimes, you know, for a 500 and some odd person company, like making, having points of view like that is oftentimes informed by your own experiences and your own sort of gut feel, what you think works. And people are going to bring different stuff to the table, right? But yeah, you know, if every idea I had, no one said like, wait a minute, but what about then I would be very nervous. That was a safe answer, by the way. Well, I, but I, I agree with him. I think we wanted to we want to disagree because if we're all in agreement, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not that clever. Like I can make some guesses and I've seen a lot of stuff, but I am not clever enough to, to feel like I can, you know, see into the future with yeah. very clear line of sight. It's a guess. And I think it's all a guess. And I think the more debate we can have makes us all better because- you know, my perspective, while Deepak and I have shared a very similar perspective, it's just an off enough to really say, actually, Abby, you didn't think about it this way. I tend to get in rut sometimes. And so I really welcome other perspectives, say, no, hold on. Uh, yeah. You know, are you are you yeah. really for real about that? And, and to have someone push and ask that is important because otherwise we're not questioning ourselves enough. And we're just going to, you know, we're all victims of our own sets of biases whether yeah. it's confirmation bias, regency bias, we all have biases based on our, our own perspectives and our own journeys here. And if you don't have someone to call you on that, you don't always know it. I, I will say, I think like, uh, I would say Abby and I are often called upon to weigh in on like similar problems, but we each kind of operate on along different dimensions, like whether that's scale or time horizon or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, which I think, you know, it's, a, which I think is one of the things that brings out some of the different perspectives. So for example, you know, like, uh, how I run sort of a smaller incubation team might be very different than how Abby would run the broader R&D team, even though we're both being asked, like, what's the most efficient way to run a team, right? And I think that kind of presents both of us sort of some autonomy and some different opportunities to explore the space a little bit, even though we know that like 100% of what one person does probably wouldn't make sense in the environment of the other. But, you know, that's, that's kind of how you learn. I think similarly, like, what do we focus on portfolio-wise for the next six months is not necessarily this, you know, uh, what do we focus on as a company, you know? And and the answer to that is different and how you prioritize it is different if you're looking two to five years out versus two to five months out, right? And yeah. yet you're still being asked the same question, but how you come at it is very different because of, you know, what you end up having to do. But yeah, you know, but by and large, I think, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll argue about like, Serverless observability, maybe uh, service mesh. Maybe we. Are, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think we'd ever argue about service mesh. Deepak. That's probably if we, true. If we are, it's it, things have taken a terrible turn. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, I, I really appreciate both of your perspectives here. And um, I, I want to leave the listeners with uh, maybe one nugget of, of your wisdom, your knowledge. Uh, Abby, you've been around for, for 21 years in IT, and so have I. Um, I don't have any wisdom at this point. You know, I just let all my wisdom just relax right here on the podcast. But it's not about me. It's not about me. It's it's about you two. So final, <laughs> a final statement, okay? Someone wants to get involved in DevOps and this whole, in, you know, industry around infrastructure, it's code and CICD pipelines and this whole automation thing. What What advice would you give a, let's say, a graduating senior in college that wants to go this route? Mm-hmm. Abby, why, why don't you lead us on that, Abby? It's a different world than when I was a senior in college, but uh, I would say get started. Um, you know, I think Deepak's journey is really the advice I would give to anyone. Start in an open source, find an open source project and get involved. That's the best way, one, to learn, two, to really understand how to operate within a broader community and an ecosystem, and three, really help you get really deep education on a product and a technology in a way that's really hard to do any other way. So I would say find a project you care about and get involved. Awesome. Deepak? Ooh, that's a good answer. Um, I, I think uh, uh, t- to me, I'm trying to think about like, what do I wish I knew? Like when I graduated and was uh, going into the industry. And I think over the intervening years, I don't think what I fully appreciate is how you kind of start off, like you start off writing some code. And then you kind of graduate into, you read more code than you write. And then you kind of graduate into, you write more docs than code that you read, right? Um, like, cause you know, that's, that's the higher leverage language, programming language is really English, you know, in, yeah. in America anyway, and you're articulating ideas. And then you kind of graduate to reading more of other people's docs than ones that you wrote yourself. And then you kind of, you know, and you, you sort of keep going up. So it's like the, the language you use changes and the level of abstraction sort of changes. But, uh, but a lot of the, the, the same lessons apply. It's just you have to get used to sort of um, kind of moving up. This, there's kind of like a, a stack, as it were, you know, not okay. the technical one, but it's yeah. a different one. And folks should probably pay attention to to that because uh, I, I underestimated how much of that was a big part of sort of advancement and kind of deepening uh, involvement in this industry, <laughs> right? And I would say the irony on that, Deepak, is my least favorite thing I hated I, I, that I like to do in college, what I hated the most was writing. Yep. So the irony is that I spend most of my time writing documents now. Yep. 1000 I completely agree. <laughs> I just wanted to be in the computer lab. I didn't Same. want to write papers and now it's like public speaking and Google Docs and stuff like that. Go figure. Knocking out technical debt. <laughs> I feel like, I I just feel like there's someone at college is laughing like, "Oh, oh yeah." That's what you thought. Yeah. You thought tech was going to be just hanging out in the lab? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought I heard Deepak say he's working on his book. Right, <laughs> I am. I'm gonna be. I, I need an illustrator. I ah. think so. Oh, actually, uh, you can do the audiobook narration. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, you got that radio voice. So. I, I would. I would love to do that. So I'm gonna hold you to that. It's recorded, and you're gonna be held accountable. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I really enjoyed this lively conversation with both of you. And um, let's see, how can the listeners get in touch with you? maybe on social media, like follow you on Twitter or reach out to you on LinkedIn. Would you like to provide any of that? 
You can reach me on Twitter at AB415 and my DMs are open. Yeah, you can also reach me on Twitter. I am Grim Radical. It's my IRC handle from like 20 years ago. Stick with what works. Uh, you can hit me up on LinkedIn or I'm just Deepak at puppet.com. Would love to hear from everybody. Well, awesome. And it was truly a pleasure to host both of you on Pulling the Strings podcast, powered by Puppet. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.